eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You look you look back here at these last couple of games, specifically the ones in New York, the Brooklyn game, the, the Knicks game, and Kevin Porter Jr. is the one that is leading the Rockets in the last couple of games. This one here is 31 points, shot 50% from the field. Um, I thought it was a really good last couple of games from Kevin Porter Jr. Really turned it up. What were you? What have you seen from him? I guess in this in this last little stretch, especially since he's been healthy and, and really back with the team. Um, I think you're seeing a very talented player who is still learning how to play basketball and learning how to play. You know, he he's learning how to play his role. And I say this a lot, but there is a reason why veterans and star players around the league rave about the guy because the talent is real. The talent is absolutely real. And it's, it's just, it's one of those things. It's not going to ever happen for him overnight. It's not going to be one of those things where it just boom clicks. And now he's a star there. There are growing pains because they are asking him to do so much. Like I don't think people quite understand just how different his role is today than what it was when he first came into the league. And are, is he getting better at that role? Absolutely. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that sort of improvement. Is he ever going to be a great point guard? I don't know. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great point guard, but you've got to give this whole thing some time to grow. And I don't think that they thought that he would be, he, they, I don't think they thought he would be a great point guard overnight. And to me, we're two years, this is kind of an experiment to a certain degree. We're two years in and there's improvement. Like there, there is stuff that has gotten better. There, there is more stuff that needs to get better. He's got to, you know, he, he's got to, you know, just kind of, he's got to figure out the instincts of being a point guard. He doesn't have that right now because he's never had to do it. And so you're not just going to all of a sudden, you know, become an, an, an instinctual point guard, I guess, is what I'm trying to say overnight. That's, you know, that sort of stuff gets developed. And I remember a couple of years ago when they had John Wall and I, it was either, Silas was talking about this either with Wall or he was talking about it with Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, you know, two natural point guards, two guys who have played point guard essentially their entire career. And, and the one thing that Silas said about those two was that, you know, 
obviously they know how to they know how to get you in your offense. They know how to organize your offense. But at the same time, they also know when this player needs a shot or when this player needs a touch. And they're really good about getting those players that touch or that shot when they need it. And that's something that I really think that Kevin Porter Jr. really needs to learn. And he's not supposed to know how to do it right away. This is stuff that all takes time. And, you know, they committed to him uh, before the season with the contract extension. I don't think he's done anything this season where you say that contract extension was a mistake. I think that he has earned that. And I do think that he's a guy that you look at as he should be a part of the future. Now, should he be the starting point guard moving forward? We'll see. I don't know if he will be, but he certainly should be a part of this rotation moving forward. Yeah, I would even go further to say as far as the part about the contract, I feel like he's validated it. Like you you absolutely see why you would give him like we know why they kind of hedged the bets with the contract a little bit. But you certainly see why they would want to invest in him as a player after his performance this year. I, I certainly see it. And, and we've talked about this before, just in terms of him being like he has been their best player this year. You know, he went through that stretch, that 20-plus game stretch there where he didn't play. He's got the the foot or the toe or whatever the hell it was, the the, the injury that kept him out for, for all of that time. But when he's been on the floor, he's been their best player. And I wonder about this too, Adam, on the point guard point, because I don't, I don't necessarily think he's – he's obviously not a natural point guard. That's why this is an experiment. And so it's, it's going to be rough sometimes. It's not going to always look good. But, like, I, I also wonder – point guard or not or and whoever the point guard is but especially if it's Kevin Porter Jr. or anybody that's that's trying to figure it out like how hard is it to do that job and to play that role when the people around you are also learning your teammates the the, the guys that you're feeding the decisions that you're making and the people that you're making them toward are also still trying to figure out how to play their roles respectively and so it's not just Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I mean, he's the focal point of it because he's the point guard and has the ball so much. But it's everybody that's trying to learn how to play basketball at the same time um, and trying to learn how to play basketball at this level. We talk about them being young, but it's not just the youth. It's the it's specifically the inexperience, you know. And and, and so to me, I, I don't know if it's if if it's the right way to say grading on a curve, but I feel like that's a that's an appropriate level of context when you're evaluating Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, even when it looks whether it looks rough or when it's looking good yeah that's the key part is that everyone's young so there isn't that one guy on the floor who can get everyone organized when maybe Porter can't you know because in the game moves so quickly too like that's the other part of it you're you know it's fast on tv so imagine what it's like when you're actually on the floor in the middle of it and so it's all about the game slowing down. Is the game slowing down for him right now? I think it is. I mean, you see him every single night. It does look like it's slowing down for him. Um, again, the mistakes are there. The lapses are there. But that's to be expected. Um, I, I, like you said, I, I think he's been their best player this season. Uh, you saw how much they missed him uh, for those 20 games when he was off the floor. Uh, he he adds stuff to their offense that nobody else can do um defensively he competes you know he doesn't always compete hard there are there are plenty of lapses over on that end but he's willing to take the challenge and he wants the challenge of guarding the big time player on the other team and he can he can hold up I and mean, he's a big strong guy um so i i think that they should be encouraged by what they've seen from him this season and I, and let me just i, I want to check the numbers real quick 
Um, and again, it, the numbers aren't entirely fair because he did miss 20. And that's a big, that's a fourth of the season that he missed. But you look, the scoring is way up. Um, I don't know if you care about steals, but steals are are up. Uh, he's rebounding a lot more this year than he has in the past. The assists are down, but I think part of that too is that he hasn't had the ball quite as much this season as he has in the past, and the turnovers are up. But he's becoming a more efficient scorer. Uh, he's not shooting the ball as well from three as he did uh, last season, but he's shooting better from the field, and he's getting to the free throw line much more. So the numbers that I think that you want to see get better – this season, they have gotten better. The efficiency is up. The free throws are up. Um, and the rebounding, too, for, for a guard. You know, you want to see your guards rebound a little bit, and he's willing to to kind of mix it up with the big guys. Since you since you pulled the numbers up, Adam, I'm, I'm curious. Who is their best three-point shooter? And we've talked about how bad they are at three. Who, 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 who is the Rockets' best three-point shooter with five games left to go? Uh, hang on. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me Because I, I have a feeling – the answer is going to make you laugh. Well, if it, I mean, if it's Usman Garuba, then, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like I can, and I, and I, and let me say this too. I'm way over the Usman Garuba as three point shooting threat thing. Like when he had made his first three or five or whatever it was, um, it was like a cool novel story, but I'm not nearly as much into it now. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But the you ready for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. Let me know which one. Usman Garuba leads the team at forty-six percent. That's on less than one attempt a game. Of course, he does. so that's not going to count. Um, if you go down the list, Tari Easton is taking two a game, and he he's shooting thirty-five percent. Again, not great. No. Now, once you start, now you have your two highest volume three-point shooters this year. Um, well, not your highest, but Porter is third on the team at thirty-four point eight percent. He's taking six a game. So of your high-volume three-point shooters, he's been the best. Eric Gordon was at 34.7% when he got traded. The highest-volume three-point shooter for them this season is Jalen Green. He's at 33.7. And then you have Jabari Smith, who is at uh, just a hair below 31% this season. So So the high-volume three-point shooters, Porter has been the best, which is difficult because he has the ball in his hands a lot. And I got to look and see, like, the catch-and-shoot stuff for him – was where he really thrived, yep. but he wasn't taking a lot of catch-and-shoot threes last year because he always had the basketball in his right. hands. So I, I got to see if the catch-and-shoot numbers are still there because maybe next year if there's another point guard and he's on the floor with that other point guard, that gives him some more catch-and-shoot opportunities because I think that's the one thing that this team doesn't really have, aside from Porter, is that they don't really have the guy who can get into their drive-and-kick game. And yeah. when Porter was out those 20 games – the drive and kick game was basically non-existent because he was the only guy who could really do it. Um, so if you have somebody else who can get you in that drive and kick game, then all of a sudden he's there for those catch and shoot threes. Yeah. And that was why that was my whole reason for bringing it up, Adam, because I, I didn't have the numbers in front of me, but just from watching all the games, my point was it feels like he's been their best three point shooter this year. Uh, you know, uh, Eric Gordon aside, obviously no longer on the team, but out of the guys left on the team, it, 
feels like he's their best three-point shooter. And this is not a knock on Kevin Porter Jr. or disrespect to him. He's like, I've I've liked what he's done this year or the progress that he's made. But I don't feel like that guy should be your best, your best shooter. You need more, you need more shooters than that. He's a he's a shot creator and a shot maker. And the points you make about the catch and shoot, also something that I was thinking about. Like he's pretty good on the catch and shoot, but there's nobody that can create shots to allow him to be a catch and shoot threat. He's got to be that guy. And going back to the point of asking him to do so much, like, you know, it's and, and I, I said earlier on a previous podcast that he was miscast. That that probably wasn't the, the right term that I was looking for, but I think he could be better cast. I think there could be maybe a better role. Or if they just had better players on the team, he would be, he would look even better, you know? Um, and, and of course, somebody's got to be the best player on a terrible team, but you'd also like to figure what it looks like when Kevin Porter Jr. is around more experienced players, which these guys will be next year, and obviously more talented players, which hopefully uh, for their sake is something that they're going to be adding in the draft here with this high pick. So uh, so, so, so Kevin Porter Jr. to me um, is, to me, a, a, an overall positive story, even if he's not playing in the role that you suspect he might play in uh, down the line. I, I would agree with the, the point you made earlier about – Hey, this is obviously and definitely somebody that should be a part of the long-term plan in the future. Yeah, and I, I think that he he can score the basketball, he can pass, he can get to the rim, like he can beat you from all three levels. And I think that's what you're looking for with a guard. Now, if he were coming off the bench and he were going up against second units, I mean, he would be tremendous, and you'd be looking at him maybe as one of the best bench players in the league. But then the, the question becomes, well, is he good enough to, to do it against starters? And I think that he's shown you that he's good enough on some nights. He just doesn't have the level of consistency. Now, can he get to the point where to where he can be consistent enough to carry an offense against starting units? We'll see. There are nights when it's there. There are nights when it's not there. Tonight in the first quarter, he was bad. But once you got to the second, third, and fourth quarters, he was excellent. He was, he scored 29 points on uh, – it was an efficient 29 points too. It was 29 points on 15 or 16 shots the final three quarters of the game. I mean, that's as good as it gets right there. Plus, he had six assists. He had nine rebounds and just one turnover. I mean, that's that's a tremendous game. 